General Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Lee General Maddox, and uh, I am, of course, joined by my one of my awesome mates here, Andy Soames. Uh, Andy, how you going, mate? Enjoying the hot weather? Very good, Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoying the hot weather, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been brutal busy, today. Busy. Anyone who's um, listening overseas, yeah. hey, man, what are we pushing about 40-something today, mate? Uh, I think it's, yeah, I think it's in the early 40s, actually, down, yeah. uh, down where we yeah, 41 or 42. Ooh. Man, it's sort of, it's sort of felt like it around 11, 30, 12 o'clock today. Gosh, like, yeah, it was, like, incredible. Yeah, just brilliant. And, and like, summer, summer, summer's really, really kicked in so early, like, in southeast Queensland. Uh, yeah, it's quite amazing. be interesting to see how it, what, it's, what it's like in, like, late February, early March and see if, you know, see if it's a little bit sort of goes away a bit quicker too. Well, haven't they they've promised us a bit of wet weather then, which I think we well we need as much as we can get at the moment. But you know, we missed missed out on the spring rains. We've had what two summer storms so far, um, which which has kind of been good to topped up the tanks for a few people and has, has hit a few of the farmers around the place. But we haven't really had any good steady showers or rains that we normally get. So it's a bit weird this year. A um, little bit of a worry, but look, uh, we just keep pushing on and keep battling through the heat i'm pretty sure it's going to drop back down to about 31 tomorrow so we're going to see a bit of 10 degree difference in just one day which is pretty pretty full on because it wasn't even that hot yesterday it's just monday today crazy hot and then back to normal just weird anyway yeah yeah enough, enough about uh, the old uh, lots of, weather <laughs> yeah yeah that's right but uh yeah lots to talk about in this episode we've got um lots of lots of things going on on the world stage yeah, yeah. absolutely and we're going to We've got no Ethan with us today. Uh, we're recording this on a, about three o'clock this uh, on a Monday afternoon. Um, for whatever reason, we couldn't we couldn't do it on the weekend when we wanted to. to but Ethan was unavailable anyway. Um, so it's yourself and, and me, Andy, and we've got a special guest with us for this episode, folks. She has been on the podcast before. Um, it was around, uh, geez, I think it was around January last year. So it was quite a while ago. Uh, since her first appearance on the General Knowledge Podcast. Today we've got Alona Lan with us today, and we're going to talk, of course, about more and more happening with the whole vaccine agenda and the, the just the saga that's going on right now. Alona, you're with us. How are you going? Yeah. Hi, guys. How are you going? Thanks for having me on. Uh, pleasure. Hey, Thanks Alana. for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, before, um, we, um, just, yeah. Yeah, before we kick it all off, I'll just let the folks know today we're going to just preface uh, today's show with a bit of information and look obviously vaccines is going to be the topic because uh, you're one of our go-to people for vaccine discussions because of your knowledge on the subject and for what you stand for and um, lately we've seen uh, anyone who has missed it and you've obviously had your head underneath a rock somewhere but um, Samoa's copping uh, the big measles epidemic at the moment so we're going to go through that a little bit later uh, we're going to talk about what's happening here in this country as well uh, but before we get to all that what we'll do is we'll get um, the folks out there who may not know who you are we'll get you to just um, tell us who who was Alona Lan, and then uh, we'll, we'll break into a few of the other things that um, we can preface this uh, this show with so uh, just yeah, tell the audience out there who is. Why have I got Alona Lan on the on the show? Who's yeah. Alona? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm. My name is Alona Lan, Natural Health Advocate, Freedom of Choice Ambassador. Um, I ran for Senate for the in the last federal election for the Involuntary Medication Objectors Vaccination Fluoride Party, and we will discuss it a little bit later. But we are looking at running again at the upcoming state election here in Queensland, and I also am the spokesperson for um, Healthier Communities, which is a not-for-profit 
um, foundations. So lots going on. Um, I started the journey years ago basically because of the announcement by Tony Abbott with the, about no jab, no pay. Never in my lifetime had I, I felt so bullied and trapped and isolated and I went, what is going on here? Uh, I have hepato- was hepatitis B vaccine damaged like 25 years ago. So for me, I haven't vaccinated my daughter and I refuse to because she is of my genetic makeup and therefore I believe susceptible to vaccine damage like I was um, after my hepatitis B vaccine covered in eczema, autoimmune issues, severe allergies, and it's just ongoing health problems. So the no jab, no pay here in Australia was implemented or announced in 2015. It started on the 1st of January, 2016. And what that means is if your child isn't fully up to date with between 13 to 15 different disease injections, which is 40 plus doses of vaccines, you cannot claim some family tax benefits. So what that means, it's $14 a week per child. So for some families, that accounts for a lot of money. Um, And on top of that, unless you're fully vaccinated, you're also not entitled to childcare rebates and childcare benefits. So basically that's putting your child into daycare and kindy. A year later, or actually at the same time, Queensland announced no jab, no play. And what that meant is here in Queensland, the daycares and kindies have the right to refuse unvaccinated children based on their vaccination status. Uh, Victoria followed suit, but they've actually made it so no jab, no play is unvaccinated children cannot go to daycare or kindy. Uh, So even if the daycare wanted to, they can't. So the Australian government have endorsed Um, segregation, bullying, discrimination, the whole box and dice. And then what happened is New South Wales and now WA have followed suit with Victoria, discriminating and segregating um, against unvaccinated children so they're unable to attend daycare in kindy. So it's a slippery slope that we're on. Um, Mm. You know, it's. I think it's really important people understand those facts because a lot of people aren't in that realm and they actually don't know that that's what's happening here in Australia. Um, on top of that, you know, you've got uh, no jab, no job with you. I know with Queensland Health, you know, they're putting pressure on up here. If you're not vaccinated, no job. So, yeah, it's a slippery slope. So that's Australia, just the beginning. Yeah, it really is crazy. And a lot of folks uh, overseas uh, sort of aren't aware. Of, I mean, it's hard to keep track of what's going on in your own country, wherever you are listening. But um, for anyone who is listening from another country, uh, that's that's the, the state of affairs here in Australia right now. Like Alona was just saying, it's making us more and more, making it more and more difficult uh, for parents to get any financial assistance from the government that you know most anyone's entitled to, really, um, as the laws are at the moment. Anyway, however, they're tweaking these things to basically exclude and discriminate against folks that want to make a, a you know that informed choice and not vaccinate their children. Uh, so they're they're squeezing everyone like that. They're putting the pressure on as, and turning the screws as, as in as many ways as they can to apply that pressure so that you know we acquiesce and and we get it done. Whereas a lot of families are actually going, well, you know what? You can tighten those screws as much as you want. We are not going to acquiesce. We are not going to to fall victim to this uh, this you know bullying tactics anymore. And they're they're forming their own little communities and things, aren't they, Alona? And that's and you've had a, a bit of a part in that as well, haven't you? 
Oh, massive part. Yeah, we have networks all around Australia. So for anyone out there that does feel isolated and alone, reach out. Um, my name is Alona Lan, so A-L-L-O-N-A-Lan on Facebook, or you can contact me via email, alona at alona.com.au. I think it's really important that people are part of communities. So what's happening is um, because of the No Jab, No Play, you know, daycare, little kindy and daycares are being set up uh, by the parents, you know, little learning co-ops, tutoring, playgroups. And, you know, for places like up here on the Sunshine Coast, we have bulk buying food co-ops. Um, we have business um, directories so that we can, you know, help each other and that sort of stuff. I think it's really important um, that we build communities because the government are effectively isolating us and financially punishing us. So they're pushing us into a corner. Yeah. Mm. So community is important, definitely. So well, if anyone's out there, reach out. Yeah, that's what you got to do. And it's funny though, like... Yeah, you know, the system does what what it, what it's doing now, and yet, yeah, we we as people we find a way around it. You know what I mean? And that's they're the ones that are responsible for these little groups and these communities being set up in the first place. We wouldn't have them if they weren't doing what they're doing to us. So you know what I mean? Like it's bit of, yeah, it's, they're their own. They're the own. They are their own reason for these things popping up all over the place. And it's really good that folks are actually doing that. You know, and sort of lending a hand, reaching out to each other, and you know we're. Uh, people out there listening who who are interested in they do contact alone you know maybe you're in a small town but you know you're not alone there's people all over the place going through the exact same thing you're going through you just got to reach out like alone is saying um Mm. now that's the other thing i wanted to talk on too is um we didn't mention we forgot to mention it in the pre-show but we mentioned it the other day before we we chatted and and that is the vaxxed 2.0 um premieres and things that have happened here in the country and i'll bring andy in on this um first andy have you had a chance to to get along and see these ones um yeah yeah well i I was at the brisbane event and um yeah it was very very well supported um as was alona there as well so um yeah it was very well supported um a lot different to the first vax where it was um all very very new and i can definitely see the momentum forward with um you know the 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 pro-choice uh towards vaccination that um you know that we're, we're trying to achieve here so yeah it was a huge event um very very well supported lots of really really good people um just nice it's normal another, good, another way to network uh, isn't it mate yeah, it was so good yeah you know like i encourage everyone it's not just going to see a film it's it's about um, sharing, you know, conversations with like-minded people, um, you know, other families that are going through exactly the same things that, that, that you're going through and sharing sharing phone numbers and sharing emails and and just a, like a really, really good meet and, meet and greet. So that's what it's, that's what it's all about. And um, it's this, fantastic. Uh, the, Vax, the Vax Tour, uh, well, the, not the Vax Tour, but the Vax Film um, was like all the way from Cairns, Brisbane, Sunshine Coast, Northern Rivers, Newcastle, um, Sydney, um, Melbourne, uh, Tasmania, Adelaide, and right over to Perth. So, so it was good. It was a, like an awesome event put on by the AVN, and um, yeah, it was a hugely successful thing. So, um, just about every show was a complete sellout. So. That's awesome, and uh-huh. I haven't seen the second film uh, as yet. But correct me if I'm wrong. This one's more to do with. Uh, highlighting the the families that have you know focusing on their families that are 
you know, we've been we've been have you know family members damaged by vaccines. We've had kids damaged by vaccines, and you know, when they're all sort of speaking up, is that what this one's sort of more to, leaning towards? Yeah, look, it was a much more of a human story, mm. and um, and also the message that was uh, actually brought out, like quite clearly in the film, to the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated children. So they tried to demonstrate the um, the 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 massive difference between um, childhood development uh, between the two groups. And, uh, yeah, I think that they did a really, really good job, you know. Yeah. Everyone, everyone uh, you know, it was a very emotional uh, thing. that they, they succeeded in pulling, um, you know, the emotional card with everything. So, mm. you know, congrats, congrats to all the filmmakers. Yeah, it was really, really good. I so, think that's really important too um, is sh- showing that, that difference between the two, you know, where... Uh, a family will have one of their kids vaccinated. It, the, unfortunately, the, the child is damaged by those vaccines, so they don't do the second or third kids they've, they've got, and they're fine. You know what I mean? There's never anything wrong with yeah. them, whereas the first child has always got complications of some sort. And that's what people don't realize, that comp- these complications and the constant sicknesses and illnesses that these kids are going through and all these issues they have, it's not normal. It's only normal... Yeah because of the high rate of vaccination in the country you know what i mean and that's why it's that's why they, they've normalized it to to that point but it's not a normal thing kids shouldn't be be going through this they should not be having these reactions they should not be having these conditions all the time but they're, they're the system itself is normalizing it because they 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 brush it off like oh you know yeah that every kid gets that or you know like oh my kid had that but he's fine and you know what I mean? No, well, they're not fine. There's probably more complications that are going to come down the track. You just haven't seen them yet, you know. Um, Alona, what's your take on the film? You've obviously seen it, uh, and you've you yeah. went you were hosting, I think, some of the premieres, perhaps on the Sunshine Coast. There, what's some of the things you encountered? Um, not just in the the screening, and I'll get your thoughts on the actual of the film itself. But I think you made a, a post. And I wanted to sort of talk about that um, of some passerbys that that gave some comments at, at the premiere. Do you remember that post you made about that? Oh yes. Yeah, yes, I just wanted yes. to bring that to light as well, if you could just talk, yeah. talk to us about that again. Yeah, look, that was really interesting. Um, so basically we had our premiere right in Mooloolaba. Mooloolaba is a tourist hub. We had heaps of people walking by. We had the signs out the front and the big backed sign. And so I was standing outside on the red carpet and a lady with her family, her teenage family, there would have been at least three teenage kids and her husband walked And she looked at the sign and she said, idiots. Now, she looked up and she saw me and I could see she was a bit startled. And I just said, that is disgusting. That is bullying. And she got even more antsy and then responded. And so there was this back and forward, to be honest, which I don't normally do. Um, But I think for me, it wasn't the name. It was the name calling. It was actually doing it in front of her teenage children that Mm. really rustled my feathers and I went, oh, my God, we are teaching our teenagers that it's okay to name call and bully. And this mother was clearly, clearly doing that and it was absolutely disgusting. So it threw me a little bit because I hadn't experienced that level, like at that level. So, yeah, I was was really disappointed. But, hey, onwards and upwards, I'm good like that. You just sort of... Think about it for a minute and you go, wow. Um, we had other people come by. Some guy waffled on about polio and then and there. And I said, mate, have you seen the schedule? And I've got a big core flute, you know, 900 by 600 big. Mm. And I showed it to him and he went, oh. So 
the message for me there is is that people don't understand that the schedule from back in the you know the 50s the 60s and even the 70s has trebled and people don't compute that and so this guy in the end went oh oh i see what the problem is and i'm like right great and off he went on his merry way you know um, I did have another really good story. So I'm sitting there in the movie. I saw this couple staring in and I went, I'm going to go out. So I went outside and anyway, she was, her daughter is actually unvaccinated and she's in her mid-20s. I gave her my phone number and so she actually called. And so, yeah, so Emma is her name. So Emma's now connected in with the group here on the Sunshine Coast. So, oh, fantastic. you know, there's always good stories in amongst the challenging ones yeah mm. yeah and i think um, it's really um important that you you kind of highlighted the fact that yeah you're going to come across these people that are so closed off so narrow-minded you know they will encourage that that bullying and name calling sort of thing in front of their own children but then like you said yeah those are the people you're you're never going to change their minds you know what i mean you're never going to reach them anyway so forget about them let's move on to the next person and like you said you spoke to some other people another gentleman gave him a little bit more information and you sort of opened his mind a bit more you know what i mean so you've planted a few seeds there as well which is good um you never know like maybe those kids that maybe the of that woman that came past maybe they'll one day maybe you actually did plant the seeds and they'll actually think about why this film was being being shown and all that sort of stuff and maybe that maybe they will be reached one day but it seems like she won't be uh, but you, you get that, you know, and I think there's yeah, um, definitely that. definitely more and more people that are waking up to all of this. I mean, Andy and I are pretty sure we, we sort of see it all the time. It's There's more and more discussions. There's more and more groups. These And the groups that are on Facebook, are, there's more and more people. Every time I look at the numbers in these groups, there's more and more and more people. The numbers just keep going up that are joining oh, these groups, you know what I mean? So there are so many people out there that have a reason to talk about this and have concerns about this. And, you know, whether it's a direct family member or friends of theirs and they just want a bit more information you know what i mean there's so many more people out there that are actually open to talking about it and listening to things than people actually think um so we are we are in an uphill battle against the mainstream media but if we keep doing this sort of stuff we're going to keep getting more and more people on our side of the fence that's for sure mm, yeah definitely yeah, um, can i just do it sorry yep, yeah go. Can I just do a quick take? You probably were going to ask me anyway. On the movie. Yes, I was just about to say that. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, um, the first Vaxxed movie, I was very disappointed at the end because they were still promoting single-dose vaccines. So for me, I believe any drug comes with a risk, whether it's single-dose, multi-dose, you know, has six in it. Um, and so initially for the first Vaxxed, yeah, although it was, amazing and the information there was amazing uh so what i saw shift from vaxxed one to vaxxed two was vaxxed two was very confident i just felt that there had been a huge shift with what because of the experienced on the backs experiences on the backs bus there was no denying that vaccines cause death disability and injury and so that came across really clear i think for me in the original vaxxed i just felt it was just my personal opinion, a bit wishy-washy. Um, whereas well, the this first, one... The first one was more about the whistleblowing side of it, wasn't it? It was more yes. about that whole, here's a guy who's got some info and we're trying to bring it to light and then they gave a bit of a bit of background on everything else, you know, with Polly and all that yes. sort of stuff. But yeah, you're right. Yep. I think that's good that the focus on this one, like everyone's saying, you and Andy, it's, it's definitely more on the whole people telling their stories and, and, and really seeing the damage that's been caused. Go on. 
Yeah, no, no, that's that was it. I, you know, and the other profound moment I had in the movie was, of course, all the stories were heartbreaking. But there was at one point in the movie and they had this doctor, this Suzanne Humphreys, Tenpenny, you know, and all these doctors. And it went on and on and on with all these doctors saying their name, talking about vaccines. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I got instantly angry and I went, where are our doctors in Australia? Why can't we do a movie like this? And shouldn't we be able to go this doctor, this doctor, this doctor? And do you know what I mean? It was just so powerful for me. Mm. Yeah, I, I loved that segment. I've seen countless discussions online, people mentioning it in chats and all this sort of stuff, and even um, stories from other people where they say, look, you know, my doctor knows that vaccines cause damage and blah, 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 but, you know, he he won't go on the record, he won't say anything or she won't say anything um, because they're just too afraid because they know yeah. they'll be, they will not be able to practice. They'll be stripped of their license and they'll be burned by the system and they don't want that, but they're like this. They feel it's like they're feeling they're caught between a rock and a hard place. But it's more of a moral rock and a hard place, you know. Like they still vaccinate people, even though they know that these things can and do cause harm. You know what I mean? So mm. it's yeah. I think they've just got to. I don't know. Maybe they need to all band together in one massive group and form their own legion of of doctors that are anti-vax and stuff, and you know have more more power against the the system. I guess if there's many more voices. But they don't seem to want to, you know, align with themselves with each other either. They're all kind of just tucked away, and you know, uh, someone always, you know, there's always people who know a, who know someone who knows a doctor who's anti-vax, but they won't say their name, or you know what I mean? Like it's very sort of hush-hush yeah. still. You know, there's only there's very few people that are putting their name on the line, like you said, and there's none of them in Australia really. <laughs> no, well, I don't know any in Australia that. Well, except for retired doctors. We've got a couple of retired mm, doctors. Once they're out of the system. Yes, yeah. But no, you know, and I understand because their jobs are on the line and this is something else the public don't know that, of course, doctors that speak out or even write a medical exemption, which is virtually impossible to get these days, then they've got a black mark against their name. So they're actually targeted, Do you know. They're, mm. I know a doctor that has had to redo modules and uh, he, would, you know, said it with a big smile on his face and that was his punishment. He had to spend hours doing these modules to basically indoctrinate and, and program, you know, you into a way of thinking. Oh, as in like, <laughs> as in re-do re yeah, information about vaccine stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little, yeah. That, the very little that they get. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. But he just laughed. He said, oh, my God. But that wow. was the punishment at the time, yeah. That's crazy. Wow, that yeah. is full on. Um Let's uh, switch gears a little bit here. Was there anything else yeah. we wanted to, to cover off on here in Australia that we've seen? Oh, we, we, we know Vax is, is doing the rounds and stuff, but in terms of laws and, um, uh, I guess, anything else that we've seen on the horizon, is there anything else in Australia coming or that's here now that we need to sort of bring to light in this discussion that you can think of? I, I think let's talk about no jab, no travel um, after we talk about Samoa. Mm. I just think we need to discuss all of that to put it into perspective about where the world's heading in relation to coerced mandatory vaccination and travel. Yeah, okay. All right, let's do that. Let's take a little trip across the Pacific. Andy, uh, Andy's a frequent not visited to Samoa, but he does get around the, the Pacific and so forth. He goes to Papua New Guinea from time to time. So I might just quickly throw to Andy. Have you seen much in the way of this sort of vaccine hype? 
over in uh, PNG at all? Like, is there a lot? Is that is it really a thing over there? No. Do the, are the PNG people getting it? Do they copying it? Do they care? No, nothing, nothing. No, they don't care. <laughs> the tr- the thing the thing with the different big difference is that like um, PNG is very very spread out. Like it's just like you know where's where's Samoa? I mean, what's the capital of Samoa? Apia. It's, yeah, it's just like correct me if I'm wrong, Alona. It's like mainly mainly this like targeting the the city center there or the actual capital of Samoa. Mm. Samoa is a tiny little thing. Yeah, it's mm, only, it's only there's less than two hundred thousand people in Samoa. Yeah, yeah, where PNG is actually huge. You know, mm. like PNG like you know, would be as, as big geographically as, you know, the tip of Queensland right through down to the, the bottom part of, like, Victoria. So, and all these islands and things spread all around it, you know. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it's not solid land mass, but, like, it's very difficult to control that that sort of thing there. But, you know, so which leads me to think that the thing that's happening in Samoa is an absolute, like, test test case, like, has to be. You know, it does seem like um, that, doesn't it? Yeah, just just they've got a, they've got all of their ducks in a row with the um, politics and uh, you know administration in that in that tiny little country, and so they've pulled the trigger on what's going on there. So yeah, well, see what gets uh, me. Look, I mean, before I go into the article I've put up, I mean the the prime minister over there himself. I can't. I'm not going to say his name because it's too bloody hard unless you speak. Samoan or, you know, or a Polynesian language, you might be able to pronounce it. But um, this this guy has vaccine damaged kids. You know what I mean? So he was very very vocal about putting a halt to the MMR when those two infants died uh, in July last year. Um, you know, so I mean, like he was very quick to say, "Yeah, we're going to cease the country's immunization program." Like he he has a personal attachment to this sort of thing because he's got vaccine damaged kids at home and. You know what I mean? And then he's just seemed to have done a complete 180. Um, and now he's pushing it even harder over there. So it's just really hard. It's really it's devastating to see, really, to be honest, on that their leader has done this to them. So, um, But I'll quickly I cover s- it. Sorry, yeah, go along. Yeah, cover it, cover it and go through it step by step uh, mm. just so that people really understand it because, you know, it's just disgraceful what's happening over there and the fact that, you know, that we know they did a mass vaccination program and all of a sudden there's, you know, all these um, measles cases is bizarre yeah. to say the very least, and isn't even, it? So and, it, and it goes deeper than that too when we actually look at what's been tested and stuff too. So we'll get right into that as well, Alona. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes. All right. So look, on um, December 9, uh, I've put up an article called Samoan Measles Outbreak, What's Really Going On? And look, to be honest, I think I mentioned this to Alona the other day when I was talking to her on the phone that this this took me maybe a week to sort of put together. But, you know, I stopped and started a few times. wasn't sure what direction I was kind of going in with this piece and I started, even as the time went on, more and more was happening, so I'm I kind of glad I didn't put it out too early because there was so much more information coming to light. Um, and now that, you know, there is even more still, but um, we've we've kind of hit the, the apex of it, I think. So uh, it was published, like I said, on December 9, and I won't go through it word for word, but in the beginning, I just talk about how I myself, um, I took my family on holidays to Samoa uh, a couple of years ago, Beautiful place. I would go back in a heartbeat. It is um, fantastic. There's two main islands, uh, Upolo, which has the capital of Apia on it, 
which is, I guess, their more built-up island. And then there's Savai, which is uh, very much a rural st- style of island. There's pretty much one main road that goes around the entire island. Um, the ferry lock docks at the port. You know, if you if you have a car, um, there's one set of traffic lights on the entire island. You know. Um, it's uh, there's not much there. There's one sort of town centre with a few shops and a few banks and things. So it's, it's a small world. And this funny little caveat too I was with my family there, and we went to go and change some Australian money to Tala, I think it's called um, their currency. And I went into the bank there, and I was chatting to the the gentleman, the cashier, the the gentleman at the cashier, and just a bit of small talk. Where are you from? I'm oh, from Australia. Blah blah blah. And got down to the crux of it um, when I was working at a football club here in Brisbane. Uh, the guy who was at the cashier, his his cousin played for the same team that I worked for at the at the football club. Like, what a small world, you know what I mean? It was just crazy. So, we're all so connected in this face, and there's only about two hundred thousand people that live on Samoa. Um, and I wanted to sort of, I guess, give people a bit of a background that for the for the country itself, they're they're not a, they're not a rich nation. They are a poor nation. They're a, I guess they would be considered as a third world country. Um, there's poverty all over the place but they don't like to call it poverty they over there they refer to it simply as hardship they don't like the word poverty uh, and the connotations that it has so they just simply refer to people in poverty as people in hardship over there so um they're very very family orientated um they respect their elders they do what they're told with regards to their elders over there if the chief of the town or if their elders ask them to, to do something or to say something or to think something then that's what they do they follow suit um yeah, their annual um, sort of average income there is 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 quite low as well. They they don't earn a lot of money. Um, their you know medium average salary is about three and a half thousand tala, which is not much. And then the exchange rate is about fifty five cents in Australia will buy you one tala. So it gives you an idea of the kind of money that these people make over there. And they rely heavily on tourism and, and coconut industry as well. So. Beautiful people, beautiful land, and um, it is a good holiday destination. I actually do encourage folks to head over there and, and just enjoy some some time away. Uh, we stayed in some traditional farlays and right on the beach. It was beautiful. There's no you know no internet, no computers, and you just have a little light in your little farlay hut that you're in, and it was fantastic. The kids loved it, and we would definitely go back in a heartbeat. But moving on, so what, what's really happened here? We've I've tracked a bit of a timeline. Um, and, and just sort of laid out the facts so people can understand it. I'm just going to quickly close my door. I'll be back in one sec. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, all right, so here we go. The, the facts are, and these are all listed here on the uh, on the website, on the article that you can go through. Okay, so the beginning of July 2018, two infants die after MMR vaccination. And anyone can go and look that up and find out what really happened there. I won't go into it too heavily. Shortly after, the Samoan government halts the country's immunisation program, like we mentioned before. September 3rd, 2019. Samoan Ministry of Health goes on the record to declare there are no measles outbreaks in Samoa. And there's a link to an article which you can see where that Ministry of Health person said that. Next to no measles cases reported across the country despite the low vaccination rates, as low as 31% from what I've seen so far. And that's out of, I think, uh, the WHO released those figures. Uh, September 30th, so towards the end of that same month, 28 suspected measles tests were sent to Australia. Four confirmed the D8 strain of the measles virus. October 1st, the next day, UNICEF 
delivers 115,500 doses of the measles vaccine to Samoa. The measles incubation period is from 7 to 21 days. The Samoan Ministry of Health launched its MMR campaign shortly after the vaccines arrived. October 2nd, a further eight suspected measles tests sent to Australia, three of which were confirmed to be measles. October 16th, Samoan Ministry of Health states, in anticipation we now confirm a measles outbreak, even though the suspected cases were treated and discharged. So that's very telling that they actually said that, and I've got a link to the press release where they say that, in anticipation they now confirm a measles outbreak. Very strange wording and very interesting that they said that. Uh, mid to late October, measles outbreak begins. October, uh, on November 15, the acting Prime Minister of the Samoan government declares a state of emergency for a measles outbreak. Approximately 200 suspected measles cases sent to Australia for testing, only 48 confirmed to be measles. So less than 25% of them were actually measles. No more testing done, no more results released. Now, so that's, that's the hard facts as they are. And I actually go on through the article where I track the outbreak and the Samoan government released pretty much daily some statistics on what has happened. And uh, you can go through those. It's quite a few on the page there, but it's probably important to go through them and just have a quick look. You can see the figures of these suspected total measles cases, uh, you know, just every day going up by a couple of hundred a day, pretty much, and the death toll increasing slightly as well per day. You know, I think the first graph shows 20, and then 22, and 25, 32, 33, 39 as the days go on, and I think currently stands at about 72, I think, at the moment, uh, as of maybe yesterday. I think I saw the last one. Um, but look, it's very important to, to, have, to have a look through all those sort of details there. And it's a few interesting caveats I've put along the way for each of those as well. For example, uh, December 4th, the uh, Prime Minister does a media stunt to show that he's he too is getting vaccinated despite already having gone to Ugh. villages a week ago and visiting sick people in the hardest hit epidemic areas. Um, you know, it's a bit of a media stunt there. Um, door to door, on um, December 5th, the door to door mass vaccination campaign uh, begins. It's a two day campaign, so they do it on the 5th and 6th of December, went door to door, and apparently um, the coverage. They vaccinated, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and the coverage is apparently now sitting at about 93% of their population, from what they say. Um, let's go on a little bit more here. So, yeah, so as of December 9th, they've stated that approximately 90% of all eligible people in Samoa have been vaccinated against the measles. The estimated vaccination coverage in both Upolo and Savaya are, and it's got some statistics there as well. So I've just put it at the bottom of the article here. What can we expect to come? I'll just read this one out so we can go through a bit more of the details and I'll throw to you um, alone in a second. Uh, so what can we expect to come? Of course, there's no way to see the future, but we can hypothesize uh, as what to expect in the coming days and months. Given what we've seen from all of the data above, the total number of measles cases approximately is approximately 2.5% of the total population of Samoa since the relaunch of the nation's immunization program, a figure that has been steadily climbing and by all accounts will continue to rise. During the period of the cessation of the immunization program, there were no measles outbreak. The Samoan Health Ministry of Health Director General also went on the record to state that fact back in September this year. We have demonstrated above the recommencement of the immunization program in the early weeks of October this year appears to have led to the current outbreak. We will only know for sure if the vaccine serotype is released and laboratory testing is resumed on the infected to see if it matches the D8 strain genotype of the measles virus. Uh, so I'll come back to that shortly. Next year, 
uh, it, it appears that the Samoan people will have some of their rights taken away with the introduction of mandatory vaccination for all children across the nation to attend any school. According to Press Secretary, I won't say the name, uh, by January 2020, there should be a legislative mandate in place requiring all children to be vaccinated before they are allowed into, to attend school. The compulsory requirement will apply to all schools, which include public, church and private schools. The directive was approved by Cabinet this week, with the Office of Attorney General tasked to draft the legislations to this effect to be tabled in the next Parliament session scheduled for December. It appears we're also seeing the Hegelian dialectic of problem reaction solution in play as well. But was it the Samoan government or Big Pharma making the play all along? My money is on Big Pharma. So that's the end of the article there. So folks can go on and read that on realnewsaustralia.com. But I want to just quickly go back to that, that important paragraph there I've stated. So the, the recommencement of the immunization program in the early weeks of October, so you can go and track it, this year appears to have led to the current outbreak. We will only know for sure if the vaccine serotype is released uh, and the laboratory testing is resumed on the infected to see if it matches the D8 strain genotype of the measles virus. So apparently they've tested and they know the measles strain of the virus that's going around, which is the D8 strain, but they're not releasing the serotype of what's in the vaccine. That information is being kept very closely to their chest. They are not telling anyone. Why do you think that is, Alona? Uh, good question. Um, look, at the end of the day, if there's a match, and we know that the measles vaccine can shed and spread, yep. much to different health authorities here in Australia telling us that that is incorrect. Yeah. It's written on the vaccine insert that you can get a measles-like rash, and I've got different scientific reports that clearly state that children after vaccination, have shed and spread measles to other people. It's referred to so, as a atypical measles. Is that what they call it? Which means it's the measles strain in the in the vaccine. I'm pretty sure that's what they call it. Yes, yeah. I've actually got a vaccine to write up right now just yeah. to go through go through that. The interesting thing about it is a little bit like the polio vaccine, the oral polio vaccine. Some of these vaccines are live. They can shed and spread polio, the rotavirus vaccine. Um, a classics and so to me the fact that you know they said that there was no measles then they've done a, a mass vaccination campaign all of a sudden they have measles well logic and common sense would dictate that you would have a very good look at if it is the vaccine strain of measles and if it is the case which I don't know if we're ever ever going to know the truth and that's the problem with the type of society that we're living in, there is no truth and transparency. There is a lack of. Mm. And so I don't know if we're ever going to know the truth, but we would all love to know uh, because I think that that's really important. And if there is a problem with the vaccine, then it needs to be rectified and it needs to be fixed because we can't have this. You can't have 70-plus people dying um, because of a potential mass vaccination campaign, which is, to me, actually where it's looking. You know, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Um, and, and I just want to say, too, blessings to all those families out there that have lost loved ones. I mean, you know, for such a small community to have that amount of people die, that is just devastating. And I think that is something that we really need to have a look at and go, that's, it's, it's, I described what's happened in Samoa as bio-warfare. Um, and so it's a different kind of war that we're in. We're in a drug war. We're in a mass 
vaccination campaign war. I mean, they want to vaccinate us regardless of whether or whether it is or isn't that vaccine. And they're not telling us whether it is or isn't the vaccine strain of measles, which we need to know. Yeah, and if absolutely. it is, that needs to be stopped um, yeah. straight away. And the fact that we they are now doing no school and they're actually coercing and mandating vaccination, I mean, that's just absolutely disgusting. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's it's horrible. And I'll, I'll come back to you in a second, Alone. I just want to. I'll throw to Andy now. Andy, have, have you got the article in front of you there, by any chance? I haven't, champ. No, that's sorry. all right. You, you you would have seen that little image of the calendar that someone's done up, and I included it in the article too. It says UNICEF starts delivering 115,500 vaccines to Samoa on the October 1st, right? And then on the 15th of November. So let's say that's one, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, say at roughly eight weeks, seven weeks roughly later, on the November 15th, Samoa declares a state of emergency due to outbreak. Now, if you track that timeline, like I said, and it's I've looked it up, and that information is from, from the CDC that I pulled it from, where it says the incubation period is from seven to 21 days for the measles, right, for measles to take hold. So if you say, say the vaccines got there around October 1st, they wouldn't have started administering them until, you know, so first ship them around for two to three days, start doing them on maybe the Monday following, which is around, say, the 7th or 6th, you know, then say they start pumping everyone through these vaccines for one to, say, two weeks, give it then two to three weeks for the vaccine to take hold. That's roughly around the start of November then. So then obviously then give it another week or two weeks and then obviously the infection starts to spread, boom, then they declare the outbreak on the 15th. So mm. the timeline tracks. I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on, on those facts that we just read through before as well. Do you, you that, I mean, does that make sense to you, what Alone is saying with regards to, you know, the timeline and, um, and also mm. how, you know, if we don't know the, the vaccine, you know, the, what, what strain of the virus is in the vaccine, if they won't release that information, then how can we, we, we track it back? And, you know, let's just get your take on that. Oh, look, we all know exactly what... We don't need any, like, evidence from so-called authorities to tell us exactly what's happened. I mean, what a stupid thing to do to, like, make such a... Like, an intense vaccination on a on a closely-knit community in such a small time frame. I mean, you'd think if you were, you know, half honest about what you're doing, you'd probably spread a program like that out at least 12 months, wouldn't you? Like, amongst... Maybe do a school you know, in June and maybe do another do primary school in the next month and like spread it out a little bit. But uh, they've, they've slammed the whole population within a month. And, of course, exactly like what Alona says, like a shed and spread within, you know, the vaccine-induced, like, um, measles disease. Like everything, everything happened exactly the way it was meant to happen. Mm. Like it's like a well-orchestrated event. So do you think maybe, like she's saying, this is like a bio-warfare sort of like a test case? Oh, completely. Yeah. How, else could you, how else could you describe it mm, by so-called professionals like rolling out a drug like that? Of course it's a bio-warfare, you it, know? Like it definitely it, seems like they've, they've just, you know, they've needed to run a test scenario and they've run it on Samoa to see what would happen. Absolutely. And so, you know, they're, in, in my mind, they're all sitting back at their HQ, you know, 
inputting all these figures and going, yep, it all happened just like we thought it would. Yep, this vaccine strain appeared in everyone, caused a few deaths. We got the numbers, we got the figures, let's move on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're poor people. They're like rats in a cage. Mm. Yeah, uh-huh. they can't get off. It's a close, yeah. It's, yeah. Sorry, go, so, go on. So can I also point out, you know, because I've been um, affiliated with the team over here that are sending over vital supplies of vitamin A and vitamin C. Now, I think it's really extraordinary that Samoa runs out of vitamin A and C, right, for a start, and Mm. that there was no urgency to send vital supplies, which the World Health Organization on their website recognized that a treatment for measles is vitamin A and C, and yet they run out. Where are the shipments of those vital supplies? Also, tell me what good it does to give a child that already has the measles, a measles vaccine. Yeah, exactly. And, and okay, a, so... And, what, and, and as well as give a child who's malnourished and, and all that sort of stuff and, and deficient in minerals, you know, uh, a disease that will flourish in a system that's low on vitamin A as well. Yeah. So the problem that you've got with Samoa is I would suggest that medical malpractice is at play Mm. in amongst the fact that they've done this mass vaccination program with a live vaccine in a small country of malnourished, um, you know, people. In, in, a, in small spaces with no sanitation in some areas mm-hmm. or lack of. Yep. Now, the measles vaccine can shed through feces and urine as well. So you've got a problem there. You've just got a pro- the the um, lack of, oh, like, thought or the intelligence that has gone into this program is just astounding. And like I said, it appears to be a mistake on top of mistake, if, it, if you want to call it a mistake. Um, and that's been compounded, well, you know, think- straight, straight away, helicopters should have come in with vitamin A and C. Instead, there was Panadol, Tylenol, you know. Yeah, paracetamol uh, derivatives, yeah. 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 Like, sorry? Exactly. Sorry? And yeah. all these people, did they die in hospital? <laughs> like, isn't that where hospitals are supposed to save you? So what happened in that hospital? You know, there's too many questions for my liking. I just, you know, I think a bit... But again, I don't know if we're going to know the truth because, you know, the media won't want us to know. Yeah, and the little bits that are coming out, you know, we've seen, uh, I saw a lady talking about how, um, you know, she's a a frequent visitor to Samoa. She's a white woman from America and she goes there frequently because her father has, you know, dealings and things over there. And uh, even she herself went on to talk about how they, their sanitation isn't the best over there. You know, they... In in the in one of the government buildings of the of the um, cultural center over there, you know the toilets had no hand towels, no soap. You know what I mean? Like, and this is in a government yeah. building. You know what I mean? So they're not yeah. washing. They're not washing their hands properly. They there's and I can I can attest to this part of it. The amount of villages I drove past that you know some of them are little shacks, little you know wooden type huts and things. Some of them are bigger and concrete and all that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, you know, a lot of these places don't have running water. They don't have toilets. They have outhouses and all this sort of stuff. So it's a recipe for for disaster mm-hmm. in, in regards to things like um, 
you know disease running rampant and all that sort of stuff and those things will take hold if it if something breaks out or if you introduce it into that environment it will spread very quickly and that's why i don't think any of this it looks like it's all done perhaps by accident or you know or they've done this wrong why do they do it this way that's silly that they've done it this way and you know as in as in you know unicef and the, the administration of the vaccine agenda and stuff but it it's too convenient for it to be accidental. It does seem like there's definite intent here. And I think the Samoan people have definitely fallen victim to this big time. Yeah, look, I, um, you know, it's just heartbreaking. And I think that whole going from house to house and you, you know, um, you had to d- declare whether or not you'd been vaccinated. and Yeah, then had to put a red flag out front. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, that was symbolic of days of the past you know where like it's witch hunt it's a witch hunt scenario um you know and there's no titus testing prior to vaccination to see even if these two you know these people even have already established immunity so why further compromise them with drug you know yeah it's there's too many questions for me it's i've just been horrified And, and like you i mean i haven't even written anything up on it because it was so overwhelming, the information that was coming out of Samoa from all sides and just heartbreaking. And the fact that, you know, now probably to visit Samoa, you're not going to be able to get in unless you're fully vaccinated. So mm. that's, mm. you know, I think that's where all this was leading. That's how I see it anyway. And unfortunately, Samoa, because of the MMR, you know, mishap, the two deaths that happened, you know, a year ago, I think they were a target on the radar and um, this has been the end result. So UNICEF, UN, you know, the World Health Organization, they've done an amazing job. This is what happens. Well, this this is going to take them a long time. You know, this has decimated their their, um, main income of of tourism. You know, the people are going to stay away just, you know, they're not going to be willing to go back to Samoa for quite some time. So they're going to struggle to recoup from this. And, um, you know, their prime minister, like I mentioned earlier, how even he, you know, he suspended the country's immunization program um, just after those two little babies died in 2018 and took a big stance on it, you know, basically came out on the the cards as saying that he's, you know, pretty much an... I guess an anti-vax prime minister. We we won't. I won't want to put labels on it, but I guess you could say that, um, which put him on the spotlight. And then all of this has happened, you know, in the works yes, since then. He's yeah. now changed his tune. And um, you know, why do you think that is? I'll tell you why. Because as an article came out in the Samoan Observer uh, on the tenth of December, just a few days ago, that now that says thirty-four million dollar World Bank grant for measles and health in Samoa. So. They just, oh. got, they just got their payment, didn't they? You know? Yep. Oh. So 30, really, I had to do that one. Yeah, mm. yeah I'll, um, I'll send you the link to that as well. Yeah. So that's Tala, 34 million Tala, which is equates to about 12.8 million US. Um, yeah, so the World Bank is giving them that basically. To, it's a grant to, to help them with their measles epidemic and put that towards strengthening their health programs and health sector, apparently. So... Boom, yeah. there you go. The money trains come in for the PM. Um, not sure what, how much of that's going to go towards health and whatnot in the country over there, but it, it sure as fuck will be given uh, to, 
I guess it's basically going to just going to change hands, you know, because that'll then go straight onto the farm, the big farmer hands, to pay for all the the vaccine protocols that are going to be put in place. Because, like I said, they're changing the law now over there to make sure that all kids have to be vaccinated to go to school as of next year. Mm. You know what I mean? So they're going to have to use have money to pay for that somehow, and yeah, the World Bank's giving them all this cash to do that. So, big win for big farmer and um, big loss for big uh, for little Samoa. So. Yeah, poor Samoa. Hey, can I just throw into, um, I've got an article right here in front of me from the Samoa Observer mm-hmm. and uh, written on the 14th of the 12th. Samoa has joined a call to action uh, for Pacific nations to prevent cervical cancer. Oh, so they're so, going to push the HPV yeah, now on them. Yeah so, oh. yeah, so noting the high maintenance cases of the disease in the Pacific, the current lack of adequate tests and treatment like human papillomas vaccinations. So they are doing a HPV mass vaccination campaign in the Pacific nations. Oh, fuck. Wow. That's yeah. the next thing. We're so, going to keep an eye on that one too because we're going to start dropping dead over there from that one now. Yeah. Yeah, so what's happened now, the poor Pacific Islands are just on this roll. They are going to be mass drugged. When I read this one today, my jaw dropped to the ground. I went, are you kidding? That is the most least likely vaccination anyone wants. Um, And it has the highest, well, apart from the flu shot, the highest incidence of adverse reactions to a vaccine. And yet they're going to go over into malnourished, already uh, problematic health-concerned nations. And now and highly going vaxxed to, as well. And now highly vaccinated, yeah. Doesn't that just break your heart? For me, that breaks my heart. I read that and I was like, oh. wow, that's just like icing on the cake. I just put my head in my hands when you said that. I can't believe <laughs> it. Oh, I just, I just, my heart goes out to these people because they just have no yeah. idea and they think that their, their government's looking after them. You know, when you've got... Um, if only a handful of them are, who are awake to what's going on and are saying no to these vaccinations. And you've got um, poor Edwin over there who got locked up for a couple of days. He's out on bail now. He's the one who's been trying to get all the vitamin A to all the, the families and people he can, as many as he can over there. Um, and the thing is, I was going to bring up before too, when you mentioned that the whole vitamin A thing, was that UNICEF, in, in amongst that 115,500 doses of measles vaccines that came to Samoa on October 1st, in that same shipment, they also had syringes, safety boxes, as well as, a, I think there was, I saw, there's only about 30,000, a supply of about 30,000 doses of vitamin A as well. So, you know, they've given a yeah, nearly 116,000 doses of vaccine, but only about 30,000 doses of vitamin A as well. So, you know, I'm not sure why that that's so little. You know, that's the, that's the thing they should have been shipping over there by the truckload was more vitamin A for these people because they're so deficient in it. Um, and I've, been, I've just been reading everywhere, even even on well-known health sites and PubMed sites and all these things, they're all saying that vitamin A is a viable treatment and, and preventative measure for measles preventative and treatment you know what i mean it's, they're covering both angles but that's not what yeah. they're sending over they're sending over fucking vaccines to these people they're yeah. causing yeah. them to be sick in the fucking first place it drives me crazy oh, oh. yeah it's madness but then to you have to look at the agenda first that's, yeah. and that's it and i understand that yeah it just it just oh, boggles the mind though andy hey yeah, but how can other people not see it? And this is the thing. And how can we get the message out there that people need to start questioning the reality of what's actually happening? It's happening right before ours. How can you not correlate these the line of the chain of events that have happened with Samoa and not go, hey, something's a little bit wrong here? <laughs> like, 
How oh, can that not be correlated? I know it why. Just blows I, know, me I know why. Because it's it's all the anti-vaxxers' fault. It's all our fault. You know, we're the reason there's an outbreak over there. Nothing else, and uh, that's what the mainstream media is saying. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's all you're hearing in our mainstream media is anti-vaxxers to blame for the outbreak in Samoa. That's all you hear. Yeah. The Maddox family went over there for holidays, so they're the ones that started the ball rolling. <laughs> Damn, I knew I shouldn't have... Uh, oh, no, isn't it, Tay's, isn't it Tay's fault? Isn't oh, Tay, fault? yeah, Tay's way. Taylor Winterstein, she's copping it big time as well. She's the, she's the scapegoat oh, for these people. Oh, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. blows me away because none of the, no one in the mainstream media is touching on any of these facts that I mentioned in the article, and these are hard yeah. facts. You know, look yeah. at it for yourselves. Anyone out there who's even uh, on the fence or not sure or hasn't heard or whatever, if you're listening to this, go and look at that article. And there's all links. I've put all the links in there for all the information. You know, it's it, everything in there is is what it is, um, and you can't deny it. And everything tracks exactly like it is. You know. Um, even if they had 100% coverage of measles vaccinations beforehand, you know, um, it's it, which is never going to happen in the first place, you know, let's face it, because um, we don't even know if these things actually do provide antibodies. If you go into looking at things like uh, what the Corvelva Institute people are doing, you know, in, in studying a lot of these vaccines, that they're not, not even providing any antibodies whatsoever. Um, they're just, it's all mm. disease and, and all risk, you know, and no benefit. Um yeah, it just blows me away. But all the well, facts the, are there, the, sorry. Yep. Yeah, look, the interesting thing is, and one that I keep going back to, in the Journal of Infectious Diseases on the 15th of October 2017, there was um, a report done of, of plasma donors over in America. And what they found is is the, the, the younger the person, the less measles antibodies they had. So what that meant was more vaccines is effectively equating to less measles antibodies. And so this is what people are looking at. This is what nobody's, we're, we're too busy blaming people that haven't been vaccinated at all, not looking at the actual vaccinated going, do they even still have antibodies? A, and does do antibodies equate to immunity anyway? Mm. And I've just opened mm. up an article over in Tonga with a 99% vaccination rate and they still have measles going through the island of Tonga. Yep. I mean, look at the... Right. We can we can bring up so many things. Like, what about um, these US naval ships where, Nobody. you know, they, they, these people are out on the ocean, you know what I mean? And yet they're all... It's it's a requirement in their... In their um, in in the navy over there to be vaccinated for everything they put so many more so many more things on the schedule over there it's they're, they're, that's a hundred percent coverage that these people have and yet they had outbreaks of of mumps and things on their ships and yet they are fully vaccinated you know what i mean so how does that happen look at the disney outbreak over there that that, mm. even, that, that has mm. come out that it was the it was the vaccine strain of of the measles that was causing it you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that information actually did come to light. So we know that it happens. We have a test case right there to know that these that, that the measles um, vaccine strain uh, can be responsible for these outbreaks. Because look at the, look what happened. There's there's case in point. There's case in point on the naval ships. There's case in point now in Samoa as well. Even though they haven't just released that information, we fucking know what the information is. We know it already. Mm. We don't need to say it. Like Andy said, we don't know that. We don't need. We don't need the authorities to tell us because we already know the truth. Yeah. Okay. So I guess for me now, the concern is is where to from here. Um, you know, for, 
for me, uh, we're actually, my family and I, we're, we're actually just booking a six-week holiday overseas. Um, and the part of the reason I'm doing that is because I believe that no jab, no travel is on our doorstep. And I think what's happening in these Pacific Islands is is for that and it's to shut down borders and so you won't be able to travel if you're not fully up to date with whatever, you know, the World Health Organization decides is acceptable. Yeah, problem as a reaction solution. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's what's really concerning me now and that, you know, the European European Union has a vaccination travel card coming in 2022. You've got different countries around the world putting different... Um, laws down and different requirements for school. You've just said Samoa now, if not vaccinated, can't go to school. I mean, we've got that in California, New Jersey looks like it's going to fall, uh, Germany, uh, you know, and different countries around the world are tightening laws and requirements. Now, that's a real concern um, because it's going to affect everyone. Absolutely. Yeah, and I see and I see why you're saying you're going to go overseas now. I'm not going to Samoa, right? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to Samoa. <laughs> they turn away people, don't they? The yeah, they are now, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think, no, 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 I, I can see the writing on the wall and, you know, people's rights are just being eroded at a rapid rate of knots. You know, no jab, no job is already happening for government workers and health workers. You know, we can see this, mm -hmm. the mass vaccination, the mass drugging of the people is just an agenda. And, you know, I think Samoa, unfortunately, God bless them and love to everyone over there. I mean, what they've just experienced is just the beginning of maybe more like that to prove a point to get the drugs out. Like they, I think the agenda is to mass drug without mm. a doubt. Mm. Yeah. Andy, so, what's, your, what's your take on that before we throw back to Alona for something to wind it up? You agree with what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, look, I mean... Oh, of course, 100%. But, um, you know, it's interesting how, the, you know, China is going heavy-handed in all of these Pacific nations at, at the same time we've got, you know, mass medication going on too, you know. So if you tie the two together, it's like quite a disturbing sort of future for a lot of these Pacific nations, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got like uh, an aggressive takeover and then you've got, like, well, especially with the HPV type vaccine, you've got, like, mass sterilisation and, um, you know, um, and, and like, with the measles um, vaccines as, as well, like, you know, like it's going to cause a lot of deaths as well. And it's going to do nothing with the general well-being of the, of the health of, like, you know, the community as well. You know, and you, you could, you, you know, like... Who knows? With as from as far as the Samoan people goes, you could see a rapid decline in birth rate um, when you look at it over the next ten to twenty years. Like, and it's probably exactly what the architects have got in mind. So, you know, to me, it's very, it's really, just really disturbing. Very sad. You know what's more disturbing for me is we've had diseases in the past naturally decline through just natural immunity, and you know our bodies uh, becoming, you know, doing what, it, they, what our bodies are designed to do. The thing about the measles is because we've kept the measles virus alive, essentially, and because it does shed and spread, I mean, it's just mutating. This is the thing that people have to start waking up and realising is that possibly, possibly, measles would have naturally eradicated by now. 
we're actually keeping stuff alive. And yeah, the fact that people point. can't correlate that either, it just does, it hurts me because our bodies are designed to heal. We have a natural an immune system for a reason. It's not meant to be hyper-stimulated with mutated, modified GMO diseases. It's That's not what is we're designed by nature. We're not meant to do that. So I just also don't understand that, how people can't logically see that these diseases would have naturally have maybe eradicated and they're actually mutating thanks to, and I did it, I had an article on my page which I posted about six months ago, pathogens are evolving. So what's happening is is we're mixing all this disease in a lab, you're injecting it and it's, and it's evolving, it's mutating. So we're essentially just creating epidemics of disease but different disease. That's funny you say that, Alona, because I put a link in the article that I was talking about on my Samoa measles one. And so a report came out from the World Health Organization and, and UN Children's Fund, the UNICEF, on the 26th of November. <laughs> and I, it, okay, in this it says, so since 2017, the global resurgence of measles cases has been affecting all regions of the world. In global immunization surveys, coverage for the second dose of measles-containing vaccine was 69%, with significant variability between regions. In the Asia-Pacific region, outbreaks and clusters of measles cases are being reported from countries, get this, where measles has been eliminated, including Australia, Japan, New Zealand, Republic of Korea, as well as higher incidence in endemic countries such as Laos, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam. But did you hear what it said then? In, in, in outbreaks of clusters are being reported from countries where measles has been eliminated. Yes. And that's in their yeah. own wording. They reckon it, they think that measles has been eliminated. Yeah, but obviously it hasn't. No. Well, well, Either that. We, hey, well, technically, wild measles yeah. probably has, but the only has, thing going yeah. around is the fucking vaccine strain of the yeah. disease. That's what's and going this, around. Yeah, and maybe, and because that's always baffled me as well. So how can it be eliminated and yet you, like... Um, Why are they still vaccinating for it? <laughs> Yeah, well, and this is the thing about polio as well. That's the joke with the polio. But, you know, a year ago, uh, Australia sent $10 million over to Papua New Guinea. So there you go, Andy, your neck of the woods, um, to combat vaccine-derived polio. So go figure that, more vaccine to combat vaccine-derived polio. Mm. I mean, my head hurts the fact that this is what we're up against and people still want to vaccinate. Yeah, it's just... Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. But, <laughs> I, you know, I think what we need to do is stay on the bandwagon, um, keep sharing the information, try and reach as many people in different ways as we can. Obviously, we can't wake up everyone. And, look, ultimately it's people's choices. If they choose to inject disease and, and neurotoxins and mutated, modified disease, well, sadly... We can't stop them. But what concerns me about that is that it's going to be them in the future that are a threat to those that aren't vaccinated because they're the ones modifying and creating disease. Yeah, 100%. It's not us. Yep. It's not us. So we really need to twist the rhetoric that's currently going around. I mean, seriously, start talking mutated, modified, GMO, you know, disease made in a lab. How can anyone consider that healthy and normal? And and sorry, it's a, like an experiment waiting to go wrong, which it is going wrong. We're yeah. seeing that. All right. Well, we might um, wrap this episode up with, and we'll talk a little bit about um, 
and just we'll just touch base on some solutions perhaps and and what you're doing to combat this sort of thing with the IMOP party or IMOP I should say um so if you want to just sort of yeah maybe just let let folks know how they can help what they can do and, and all that sort of stuff Okay, so IMOP is is the acronym for the Involuntary Medication Objectors Vaccination Fluoride Party. We actually are in the process of doing a name change for the upcoming Queensland state election, which is going to be held roughly in about October 2020, and it will be the Informed um, Medical Informed Medical Options Party. So we wanted to keep the IMOP acronym and basically my thing is I'm mopping up the mess I'm going to come in there and mop up the mess Um, and so it is a proper registered political party Um, and like I said earlier we actually had, we ran in the last federal election, we had candidates in New South Wales, WA in the seat of uh, like in Byron Shire down there so and then we had Queensland so it was the beginning we had six week lead time I think what we did an amazing job and so we rose awareness and here in Queensland we got eight and a half thousand votes Uh, around Australia in total we got 17 and a half thousand votes which given the short time lead up lack of funds I think it would look you know I was really proud of that so and for me it wasn't necessarily being about about being elected although obviously i would love to be in there because i want to look those politicians in the eye and ask them are you selling your soul right now and are you speaking the truth i mean somebody needs to be able to sit there with these people and look at them and go really (laughs) like is this the truth or Mm. is this you know a bs that's my goal um so i'm up i'm up as I said, we are going to run in the next state election. We are looking for candidates. We are obviously looking for support. We, Once the name change has been approved, we will then be looking for over 500 signatures so that we that then you can actually um, lodge the party. So, yeah, for those people that want to help out, get onto the uh, www.imoparty.com website and sign up. Uh, early next year, we will be doing campaigns to raise funds. My mission is is to sponsor a campaign style of, you know, funding. And what that would do is, you know, if people want to donate a thousand dollars, you can donate less. But a thousand dollars would give us the candidate's application. It would give them twenty thousand double sided DLs, core flutes, t shirts, business cards. It would give the candidate a whole kit to start with, yeah, which. Cool would just be amazing. And there's 93 electorates, so ideally we would love 93 candidates. You know, I'm I'm working for at least a dozen. We've already got three. I'm working on somebody else. Um, so I'm, yeah, pretty excited. So if people want to jump on board, you can contact me directly or contact the IMOP party. And we're going to need people everywhere helping out. We need everything and anything done. And I think... What I love about IMOP is we're branching into their territory um, rather than rather than trying to do it from a different platform. We're in their territory. The beauty of me running at the federal election, I did meet the other candidates, which gave me an in, and so I did end up with meetings while I was down there at Parliament House in Canberra. It was just amazing. But it opened different doors, and that's what was really exciting, and that's what we need. So that's fantastic. That's probably yeah. that's probably the big part of it, isn't it? It's really just sort of putting yourself out there and looking at, like you said, you, you may not win, you know, but 
at least people are seeing you. They're seeing what the cause is about, and you're reaching more and more people as well, getting through yes. to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Well, Look, folks I was there, just excited at that. I was so excited. So it's just about reaching more people. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Folks Thanks. out there Thanks. listening need to uh, get on board. Like we should go to the website that she mentioned before. Um, throw your support out there. If you want to run as a, as a candidate as well, then um, please get in talks with uh, the IMO party and, uh, yeah, go from there. Look, uh, we will pull the pin on uh, on this episode now. Andy, I'll throw to you for any last final thoughts uh, for this episode. Final thoughts. Final thoughts for this episode, big fella. <laughs> No, it's all right, champ. No, look, um, everything that alone in a sense makes sense. Like it's a, we're in a, we're at, we are currently in a war. Everyone who is awakened knows this. Uh, the only way to win the war is basically to get like like-minded minds connected, uh, awaken people, um, bring people on board, expose the truth to what's going on. Um, our political systems, our governments are like sold us out long ago there's no hope with like getting any any you know help from that department it comes down to the people ourselves our families our friends our extended friends um to you know push back against these systems it's the only way Uh, sometimes you have to wake people up one at a time like individually um look this is this is how we're going to do it this is the only way uh and this is where we're at and Alona, Alona and co are doing it absolutely beautiful. Well, and might I say probably, you know, using the system against themselves, you know, like, yeah, which good. is like mm. fantastic. Well, like yeah. I said, mate, well, these num- the numbers in these Facebook groups we're seeing, they, they ain't going down. They're going up all the time. There's a lot more people out there who are with us than we think, uh, you know. So, uh, Alona, I will I'll do a quick plug for the ABN too, which is the Australian Vaccination Risks Network. So that is our main body here in Australia. So if you're not part of the ABN, it's really important people sign up and support because we are are going to need these type of bodies in the future. We need them now. Uh, The laws are just going to come thicker and tougher and the ABN... IMOP, you know, you've got Judy Weilerman, you've got Elizabeth Hart with overvaccination.net.au, I think it is. You know, start supporting all those people and start supporting those organisations. So the ABN is www.abn.org.au. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, uh, thanks, Alona, for coming on the, the show today. We really appreciate you turning up for uh, episode four of the General Knowledge Podcast, and uh, as well as yourself, Andy, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to, to join us for the conversation, mate. Uh, it's really good having you here Pleasure, as well. General. Thanks, mate. And um, Alona, yeah, if you can, well, I'll send you a copy of the show so you can um, spread this around through your networks as well too. It's um, a good conversation Perfect. we had today and a lot of good info covered. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Always a pleasure. Keep up your good work. Will do. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Blessings. Yeah.